0: As warrior dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away, but unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades, and it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster Guide and Checklist. It's a free download, and all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com, just download it, start, start implementing it and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dads mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartome, and this is The Warrior Dads Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of The Warrior Dads Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Hunter Drew from AlphaFamily.com and Hunter and I were connected by a mutual friend who I recently actually had on the show, George Bruno. Uh, if you haven't gone listen to that episode, check that out. Um, and then he connected Drew and I, uh, or Hunter for that matter. Uh, he connected us, and I was checking out his website, thefamilyalpha.com. I was following him on Twitter and Instagram, and he actually gave me uh, a shout-out before he even introduced us. Uh, George introduced us. Hunter took it upon himself to go check out my Instagram and he saw what I was doing for fathers and the message I was putting out there. And I was super humbled to wake up one day and see this guy giving me a shout out and telling people to go check out the warrior dads on Instagram. And so then right after that, I was introduced to him and I put the two together and I said, Oh, this is him. You know? So I knew right away that I wanted to have him on the show. We got a chance to talk a little bit, super awesome guy, has an amazing message. Uh, He's a father of two. He's a vet. Um, just an overall great guy. And I know you guys are going to learn a ton about it and wait to hear some of the topics we're going to be getting into today. It's really, really, really cool. So Hunter, thanks so much for coming on the warrior dad's podcast, man.
1: Thanks for having me, dude.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it was a no brainer. Once you, uh, once you gave me that shout out and then George introduced us, I just, I feel like, you know, nothing happens uh, by accident. Right. And I know, I know from, listening to you talk and, and then talking to you myself that, you know, you say the exact same thing. Nothing's happening by accident. You know, if you're coming across somebody or coming across a particular message, it's for a reason. And, um, and you have to go with it. You have to basically take action, right? Take charge and, uh, and make a move. So again, thank you so much for coming on here. Why don't you give everybody just a little bit of a background uh, briefly about you, you know, how you got started in the world of masculinity and what started the Alpha family blog these all right so
1: first before we get into that i just wanted to let you know george speaks very highly of you and you know i've listened to a bunch of your podcasts and i mean it's top quality stuff i really appreciate what you're doing and like i said before we kicked it off you know we need more messages like this so once george brought you up i checked you out and he's a man who i respect so when he puts his name on somebody he's putting his reputation on it so he backed you i jumped in and he did not disappoint at all
0: um, awesome. I appreciate that, man. Thank you.
1: No, no problem at all. It is, uh, the So the family alpha is the brand. How did they get to this point? I, I took the long way <laughs> going through high school. I was unmotivated. I spent five years in high school. I stayed back. I failed off the football team my senior year. It was just the absolute story. You don't want to take, but then I joined the Navy and doing that. It just screwed my head on right. You know, that's, I, I would say that's when I, I swallowed the pill and kind of figured out, Hey, if you're if you're confident and you believe in yourself and you direct your energy towards something and then you're disciplined to see it through, you're going to experience success. And in the Na- I was in the Navy for 8 years active duty. I was an engineer on board an aircraft carrier. I deployed twice on there. And then I did 3 years on shore duty. During my first deployment, you know, I I had a girlfriend. I wanted her to see a deployment before we got married. I came back, she was still around, so we got married, we had my son. I then deployed a second time and that was brutal. The day I was walking to leave the house, I put my hand in the door to get my taxi to the airport to fly back to Virginia because I had moved the family home to Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I I put my hand in the door, and my son said, Dada. First time saying it, I'm leaving him for eight months. I was just like, oh, man. It was brutal. (sighs) So whatever. Got into the taxi, stiff upper lip, drove, deployed, came back, and then had shore duty. On shore duty, we had my daughter. So right now, my son is nine. My daughter is six. Awesome kids. I realized when I was going back to shore duty, I couldn't do it. I could I could not be a great sailor and a great dad because it, when you're in the Navy and as messed up as it sounds, I think servicemen will understand, though, you know, your your job comes first. And I was always putting the Navy ahead of my family. I took every billet I could. I tried to deploy as much as I could. I was always gone and I was always taking the jobs that would keep me away even further than I didn't have to go. But I volunteered for them and I, I couldn't do that to my kids. So I decided to be an involved father, a present father. So I was instructor of the year. I was sailor of the year. And I walked out and I walked by pictures of myself, you know, with all this success. And I was like, look, I'll figure it out. You know, the Navy is not my life. So after eight years, I came home and I realized the bubble that I was in popped. The men that were here, you know, my old friends, they were still doing the same thing. I was I was just shocked. You know, men were they didn't want to climb. They didn't want to do man things. They didn't they didn't want to have adventures. You know, it's like their fire went out and everybody was neutered. And I kind of got tired of Looking around like, hey, do you guys want to do stuff? Because I can't just sit around and watch TV. That's not my style. <laughs> like, it's just, like, but that's what I wanted to do. Like the, the get-togethers, you know, all the guys would sit with the girls. And I was used to, you know, in the, in the military, all the guys would go outside and do stuff. And then all the ladies would stay together and play with the kids and, you know, cook for us. It was just, It was just a different world coming home. So I started writing. I came across the Red Pill. I started writing on that subreddit on Reddit. And then I found the Married Red Pill. You know, fast forward writing on there, I wanted to create my own brand and the family alpha was born and the rest is history.
0: So tell people what the red pill is.
1: The red pill is basically, it started out as awakening men to the reality of the intersexual dynamics between men and women. It has grown from there to just the reality of the world we live in. So it's not just between men and women, but also what what it is expected of you as a man and how you can experience success and the beauty of it. it, So it, it gets labeled, you know with all these negative labels, but all it's doing is telling men, if you want to succeed, here's how you do it. If you're going through a breakup and you're having a hard time because your woman was your world, well, here's why you feel that way. And here's mm-hmm. how you can get over that so you can find a sense of self and you can make yourself a priority. So that, that, that in a nutshell is the red pill, but it, it goes into the, basically, what's reality? What's the lie? It's better to be punched by reality and then accept it than be kissed by a lie and forever suffer a life of regret.
0: All right. So, I mean, you, you, I mean, that uh, it sounds like all positive stuff. So you said that it gets a lot of negative who who's giving it the negative and, and what are they saying? Well, every community has their group of, you know, extreme taking things all the way to the
1: right. So they're saying, you know, this is a, a he man woman haters club. Look, nobody hates women. We love women. But women don't like the fact that we're learning to not identify ourselves with women. You know, I, I have a wife. But I'm following my mission. I don't defer to her in all things. I don't make my whole world my wife and my children. I have a mission that I'm following, and they're complementary to that, and I make sure I lead them properly, but they aren't my life. Just saying something as simple as that, you might get some comments saying, you know, I'm a misogynist or, you know, like all these crazy things. And it's it's absolutely insane how far people will take these things because we're not supposed to know this information. You know, Uh we're not supposed to know – that, you know, uh, movies are making men look you know, extremely weak. Uh, TVs are making fathers, you know, buffoons. We're supposed to play along and then fill that role. We're supposed to be the dummies. You know, look at all the Peter Griffins, the Homer Simpsons, um, Modern Family. Look look at all these shows. The dad is an idiot. And, and we're supposed to be like, oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's great. You know, haha. Now let's be an idiot. That's normal. No, man, you're a father. You're supposed to be in shape. You're supposed to lead. You're supposed to be confident and competent. You know, all yeah. these things you can pass on to your family. But they don't like that, so... Oh man, We're, you're women haters. Man, we we love women. Trust me.
0: <laughs> I've heard you. I've heard you talk about the Homer Simpsons and the Peter Griffins. I never heard you made the. I never, yeah, heard you make the Modern Family reference. And I'm assuming you're talking about the character Phil. But I love Modern Family, and I think Phil's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, obviously he's not. But you know, he.
1: It's it, if I, you look I, at a snapshot, you know, you're like, all right, that's just a guy being funny. But the the whole persona of the character is that the wife is hard charging and motivated and driven and squared away and he's just like a goof now i am not a serious man at all and my wife is much more structured she likes lists and i shoot from the hip and we always argue about that because i'm just like whatever and she's like no let's have a plan but Mm -hmm. at the same time i have a plan and i can lead and i can bring everybody together if i need to so there's you can't take a small you've got to look at the overall picture that they're kind of pushing
0: yeah Yeah, because there's a lot of dynamic in that show, of course, um, Mm -hmm. you know, without getting too deep in it. But of course, you got like the father or his father-in-law who's like, you know, kind of probably what you're describing. But then he's like really macho too, right? So then there's got to be, you know, so he's very yang. And, uh, you know, so there's a little bit of learning for him though too because it's like, you know, if you're too yang or too yin, then there's really no balance and you're not in touch with one or the other. So, you know, you kind of have to notice that too, right? Because when we're talking about masculine, or being masculine um you know we're not talking about being an asshole or being macho absolutely right? and when you when you look at that and that's a great point
1: i'm glad you brought that up you know when you look at him a lot of the angles i've only seen a few episodes but the it's usually him trying to learn how to be calm or learn how to listen to people or care about other people's you know interpretations or feelings as to what it is he's saying you know yeah. that's kind of like the thing he has to learn you know as as dad's You know, we have to know when to push our sons and push our daughters to, hey, you can do better. I'm not going to accept mediocrity, but you also have to know when to bring them in, give them a hug and say, hey, I know you failed, but you did a good job. And that's the message I push is it's moderation. You know, we have a lot of people watching shows and these shows are they're binary. You're all the way left or you're all the way right. So the dad, he has to be all the way manly, but his son is gay, right? So he's got to be all the way flamboyant, but the daughter has to compensate. She's all the way man. Like nobody's ever feeling a moderate role. And that, you know, uh, Tomasi, he brought up the term binary thinking, which I've been really stuck on these past few days because we're watching these machines and now we're starting to think like machines. So the, you hear me say men should be masculine and confident. And it's like people hearing that become binary. They're just like the machine. You're all the way one or all the way the other. They're starting to forget there's a human element to this, which is a moderate approach to, you know, uh, optimal
0: living. Yeah. So just tell everybody who's uh, listening, um, just real quick, Rolla Tomasi, you just quoted him. So, who's that? So, Rolla
1: Tomasi is a mentor of mine. They call him the godfather of the red pill. He's been doing this longer than anybody that I know.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: he's been putting the message out there. And a lot, my start, you know, I engaged with him when I first started on uh, the red pill. And I just stuck around and I kept writing, kept writing. And I think he was the one who pitched. Uh, I spoke at the 21 convention in 2017. And I think he was the one who was the one who brought my name up saying, hey, Here's a guy bringing a unique approach to this. He's talking about all the things that we're talking about with these MGTOW and the Playboys, but he's doing it in a family setting. And that's a great dynamic to bring in because there are family men who need to hear the message as well.
0: Yeah. Cool. little shout out to Tom Rolo then. Yeah. Um, Dude, I I heard you talk about that. um, And I'm actually glad you brought it up because you reaching for the doorknob to go away on deployment to fight for your country, which by the way, thank you for your service, brother. Um, because you were also, didn't you, you were in the Navy, but you were also in the Marines too, right? I taught the
1: Marines. So I, I was never a Marine. I just taught them one of their MOSs.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, but you know, you're leaving for, I think it was eight months, right? And yeah. all of a sudden you hear da-da. I mean, when I heard that, when I heard that story, my heart melted. <laughs> I, I can only imagine how you felt in the moment. You're like, oh my gosh. And then you go to pick this little guy up and give him a, the biggest hug that I can possibly imagine. And then you're going right out the door. I mean, where was your head in that? I mean, the, the the mindset that you had to have to get out the door and to still do what you wanted to do. I mean, that, you know, we talk about making the tough decisions in life and we talk about, you know, staying on the path and doing the things we need to do for ourselves. What was going through your head at that point?
1: it was it was pretty cut and dry i mean you have to flip the switch that's what men do you know you look at the the masculine men of all time of course we want to stay at home of course we want to just sit there be fat and happy have our kids around us and hug our wives you know every man wants that that's easy that's perfect but that's not the reality the reality is there was a job to be done and i was called upon to do it so that was my job i did i I went back i gave him a hug you know but as soon as i opened that door and walked out i was a different man i was i was in go mode there's no time to sit there and feel bad because the time is going to pass either way. So I can either be happy that, you know, I've got a reason to fight and the reason to do what I'm doing. My son, you know, saying dada, like that really, that was awesome because I, I knew this is why I do what I do. That's my fuel for growth. And it, it really wasn't an anchor. I mean, I miss them, of course. You know, let's not pretend that we're all, you know, stoic to the point where we don't feel emotions. But on, on, on the real level playing and being real honest and raw, you know, it makes you a better person because you know why you're doing what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. I like it. 'Cause it was just a simple answer, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just go. <laughs> yeah, you just go, you know, and, and this probably ties into something I heard you say before that I that I have here in my notes. You know, and I've seen this on t-shirts and stuff like that before, but I think this ties in exactly with what I wanted to bring up anyway. Is that I've heard you say, embrace the suck. Right. And so maybe you didn't actually look at it as sucking that you had to go away on deployment because obviously it was something that was near and dear to your heart. You wanted to do it. You obviously weren't being forced to do it and it's something you wanted to do. And then, but maybe in the moment it sucked to walk away from your son, but obviously it was a blessing that you got to hear him say those words in person instead of over Skype um, or over the phone. But that was you embracing the suck, right? Or like when you're saying, yeah, that would be perfect to just sit around with our kids and our wife all day And essentially do nothing or just be with them at every moment, but there's things that we got to do and we just got to get up and do them. And then that's embracing the suck. Is that right? Is that kind of what you meant by that when you used that quote before?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I really push with guys that I I work with are, you know, you've got to find comfort in the discomfort. You've Mm -hmm. got to, you know, it goes for all things, you know, getting up and working out. Of course you want to stay home. You're sore, but you need to work out because men are strong and men are capable and men go and they're healthy and they're fit and your children, they're going to follow your example. They're not going to follow your advice. They need to see you lifting. You know, it's uncomfortable to, well, not really, but for somebody trying to break away from the habit of watching Netflix, you might be uncomfortable to sit and read a book as opposed to watching TV. It takes mm-hmm. work. That's a, that's mental fitness, but your kids need to see you doing that. And you need to do that to keep your mind smart. You know, all these things, it's uncomfortable to live as a modern man but you have to do it because life isn't about being comfortable. It's about living out your, your,
0: it's about actualizing yourself. Well, now with the things like you mentioned Netflix. So now with the things like our phones and computers and TVs, there's so many other distractions. And you think of what we used to spend, spend or fill our time with years and years ago before all of these things. And it was things like our family, right? So we were spending more time with our children. And, you know, if you saw my post um, today, And depending on whenever, you know, this, this episode airs, uh, you know, I had this post today where my son gave me a little tattoo on my hand, you know, and he gave himself one too. So, you know, doing things like that, where we're spending time with our kids, we're being creative and we're having that one-on-one time with them and then things like exercising and moving our bodies and things like that. But now everything else that's coming out that we're filling our time with only requires us to sit down. So you're right. It is, it is all of a sudden now the harder path to, Keep your, keep your body healthy, keep your mind healthy. Like you said, reading a book, but I like kind of the correlation we were saying there about, um, you know, with the exercise and with your mind, because I always tell my clients that, you know, the first three quarters of an exercise, and I guess, you know, it's relevant depending on what kind of exercise you're doing, but the first three quarters of your exercise is physical. And then the last quarter is mental, right? Cause then you're there proving to yourself you know, what, what am I capable of? How many times can I move this piece of resistance? You know, how many reps am I really actually getting? You know, if you're saying, well, I want to get 10 reps, uh, or let's say you're going to do as many reps as possible. I say, well, okay, do as many reps as possible. Then of course, you know, when you say that in the exercise world, it should always be implied that you're doing it to not complete failure where you're doing shitty reps or poor quality reps, right? You always want to keep, you know, maybe one in the tank. So you're ensuring good form. But the thing is, is that, you know, you're getting that mental toughness by really being honest with yourself and saying, can I really do one more if I push myself with good form? And if the answer is yes, then you got to do it. You know what I mean? And so, but, you know, and then sometimes that does suck, right? You got lactic acid building up in the muscles and, you know, you just want to put the bar down, but if that's truly not your, um, If that's truly not your last rep, then you got to be honest with yourself. And really, I guess, you know, kind of nice little segue in this, you got to be authentic with yourself, right? I mean, because if you're really putting the bar down when you can really do 12 reps, but you're choosing to only do 10, then you're not really being authentic, right? You're not really having that integrity with yourself and you're not really being honest with yourself and you're just giving up and doing that and quitting essentially, or putting it down early when you could have kept going. And then what would have the results been if you just did two more reps? So do you see this? Do you see this in other areas of people's lives too? Or do you agree at least that if somebody's doing that, maybe in their exercise, then they're doing it in other areas of their life? No, absolutely. The way you do
1: one thing is the way you do all things. I mean, you look at the parents who say, I want the future to be masculine. I want my children to be great. I want, you know, a future where men get to be men and women get to be women. And everybody's happy with that. And families can be together. And then these guys plug their kids in front of a screen and they sit there and they scroll on their phone for hours. The cognitive dissonance blows my mind. If you are saying that you want the world to be better, you need to be better. Mm -hmm. Your children don't need presence with a TS at the end. They need presence with the CE at the end. You need to be involved with them. You need to be doing things. You sitting down and having your kid draw on you and you draw on him and you guys doing tattoos, that's something he'll remember. You throwing him a tablet and saying, go have fun he's not going to remember that. That's just another day where he was brought up by a screen instead of brought up by a father. And you know what? If you're not instilling the values and if you're not instilling the morals, the the craft that they're watching on television will, they will fill that void. You were talking about authenticity for a second. Authentic is a, is a very malleable term. You know, it, depending on the situation, you can be authentic. Sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm, I'm more strict. Sometimes I'm bad because I have to, you know, I've got to really push on something. I know I'm not supposed to do, but I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so what is authentic? Authentic isn't the, being a saint. Authentic is just being genuine in your nature. If you say you're doing something, you do that thing. If you're saying that you want the world to be better, then you are being better. You can't project it just because you want some likes on Facebook. You know, saying the thing is not the same as doing the thing. There's totally different. It's totally different. Uh, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said for, you know, all the people who are saying, I want to improve my marriage or I want to be a better father. Yet they refuse to go outside and play catch with their kid.
0: You know, you can't have both. Yeah. You have a quote about authenticity. Tell people what that quote is and then uh, give a little brief explanation of it and kind of what, when was the first time you said it and what made you say it? So the quote is, in the land of conformity, authenticity
1: reigns king. The first time I said that, I think it was a discussion with Ed Lattimore and we were talking about how people with anonymous accounts, you know, don't do as well as those who are genuine. And even though I use a pen name, Mine's doing well because of there is years of content that shows consistent message and it's doing well because you're not putting on a show. We have a thousand people selling a thousand things all the time. We also have a thousand people selling the same thing to us all the time. Buy my shirt, sign up to my email list, do this, do that. They're all saying the same damn thing. Mm -hmm. So which one do you follow? You follow the one that's real. You don't follow the account that has a highlight reel of all these great things because you can't really relate to that. That's what everybody has. But what about the person who says, Hey, I failed today. And here's where I failed. You know that you're like, Whoa, what are you, you're sharing a failure. You know, one of the biggest things that I think separates my account from others is I'm real about it. I have nothing to prove to anyone. I make mistakes. I fail. And I share those things. And I talk about, here's why I failed. Here's how I failed, but I want to be better. So I'm going to try to do this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and then I go for it. You know, whether it's embarrassing, whether it's, I don't give, I don't care. This isn't about, you know, making friends off pretending to somebody that I'm not, you know, my, my, con- I'm an average dad. I'm a married man, you know, middle-class. I've got two kids. Why do I have 18,000 followers on Twitter? There's nothing special about me except in this day and age, being average and being normal is weird. You know, that that's being authentic is odd in a day where everybody's trying to be like somebody else. I don't sit and rage about the newest fad because I don't care. I'm working on my life and that's how
0: everybody should live. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you mentioned a good point, you know, with social media, everybody's trying to be something that they're not. And, you know, all the perfect pictures, you know, of course I'm in the health and fitness world, right? So you have all the perfect pictures of people with their six pack abs and, you know, they never look bloated and they never do this, and they never do that. But a lot of times that's not real, right. Or it's not, you know, you look at the person, but you don't really notice that sometimes, you know, they have chronic headaches or they have, you know, kidney issues or they have, you know, extreme energy highs and lows, uh, you know, all these kinds of different things, right? Because you're only taking a snapshot of them in a 24 hour period and you don't really understand that. So what's, but what's crazy around it in in, in the social media world, if those people wanted to
1: to create a message and spread it, they would do better if they shared those things, they would do better if like, Hey, I get headaches, but I, I push through and I try to use this. And instead of being like, oh, I'm perfect and I'm a perfect specimen of a human, I'm a mutant, you know, everything's great. You know, people are like, all right, there's another one. But if they're like, oh, you have this disease or you have this issue you're dealing with and you're able to push through, I can relate to that. Because all these people, you know, if I were to meet you, if I were to knock on your door right now, I would hope you are exactly who you say you are. And that's what, there were some people that if I said that to them, they, their heart would start pounding. Oh, you're going to show up? Well, I've been lying about my weight loss. I've been lying about my confidence. I've been lying about my marriage. There are people who message me saying, and they'll, they'll come online, they'll go on Twitter, and they'll push this message, oh, my marriage is so great, life is good, and I'm perfect, and I'm, I'm totally jacked. And then three months later, they're, they, they disappear because they wanted to project something that wasn't real. You know, or if you meet them, their marriage is in shambles. They're out of shape, and you're like, why are you pretending? You, you know every time you put out that lie online, you know that different person, that your brain knows, hey, this is a lie. And that builds up and that creates stress and cognitive dissonance. And now you've got to keep up with the lies, which brings more stress. And then if somebody finds you, heaven forbid, you know, you're exposed. And that's more stress. You know, people are stressing themselves out because they're trying to be somebody they aren't. But they'd succeed if they were who they were and just accepted that and just improved upon that. Mm-hmm. I totally missed your question about
0: social media. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's like, you know what? I mean, I think you just kind of answered it, though. You know, just... Because I'm saying like, you know, in this world where social media is everywhere, right? I mean, there's just new platforms all the time and there's new outlets here and there. There's information overload, there's picture overload, there's video overload. I mean, like, you know, I guess it's just, where's the tipping point? You know, when are people going to see that they need more authenticity or they need to be more authentic? Um, You know, what's that wake up call in a land where social media is just taking over everything, you know.
1: I, th- I think it's this. I think exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Somebody's gonna hear this and be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm gonna share that I have migraines. I'm gonna share that I'm dealing with you know this issue. I'm gonna share that sometimes I get really friggin' sad. You know, I'm gonna share those things instead of putting them in a corner. Yeah, you know, I've shared like m- all my skeletons are out there because if you find me, I am me. You know, I, I've given speeches. I I do YouTube. I Periscope. I try to break that medium so people can see. Oh shit, here's a guy who really is who he says he is. Now, were you always like this? I was like this since the Navy. And authentic? Yeah, I mean, irrationally confident in myself. I'd rather go down to the blaze of glory than bend the knee and fade away trying to be somebody that somebody else wants me to be.
0: Where did you get that from? Who instilled that in you?
1: I think my dad. So yeah. I'm adopted. I came up. My My mom passed away when I was young. My dad raised me and my grandmother. So they tag teamed and... They created the beast. You know, my grandmother survived the depression, uh, not, the Great Depression. She, she instilled a strong work ethic. My father was a Navy man. And the same thing. There was a standard and you met it. And there was no excuse you could bring for not meeting it. So that, I think that is hardwired into my DNA.
0: Mm-hmm. And how do you bring that to your children? Do you do it the exact same way that your dad did? Do you put your own spin on it?
1: You know, I, I we should all improve upon our parents. So I know the things that my dad did well and the things that he didn't do well. So mm-hmm. I do the things he didn't do well better. And the things he did well, I amplify. And I, I always, I don't hold my kids to a higher standard than I hold myself. I'm not going to say, "Hey, you guys should read books instead of playing games." I sit and I read books with them. You know, they see that through me. They, they follow. Like I said, they follow the example, not the advice.
0: Follow oh, the example, not the advice. Yeah, no, that, and that's huge. You know, and reading is something that, uh, you know, my my son and I we started reading the Warrior Kid books, and uh, oh,
1: dude. I've read this so many times. My son's obsessed.
0: I know. You know, that's the thing. It's like my, my cousin got me onto them too. And you know, he's told me that he's read them multiple times um, to his son and Jimmy and I have only read them one time each. And I said, I said, you know, we got to start read, we got to read these books more because you know what, even though they're long, you know, he'll read the picture books and stuff like that with Mm -hmm. my wife but they've read the same book, you know, 10, 15 times. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm saying like, we can, we need to apply that to this because there's great lessons in there. I mean, I learned so much from, you know, reading those books and, you know, I hope anybody that reads those books, I mean, unless they're already living that life, you know, you could definitely take away one or two things from reading those books as a parent. Um, yep. You know, so a little, little shout out to Jocko there. And I know he has a new book out, something about dragons or something like that, His kid slaying a dragon or whatever. Yep. I want to get that book too. But, yeah, reading is a little bit something that we have to get a little bit more back into because now that we've been doing jujitsu, um, it's just our routines definitely changed up, and we get home later and we shower later, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but we do have like a little family TV time where we, you know, all sit down and watch a show together right before he goes to bed. But keeping the keeping the reading up is is huge. And my wife does a huge part of it, but I, I want to be more, I want to play a little bit more in that role, but he sees me exercising. He sees me working out and then we do jujitsu together. And that's just obviously, like you said, leading by example. And that's actually a really good way for anybody listening. You know, you're talking about be a little bit more on, un- um, you know, how can you do that? You know, you can do that with exercise, right? You can do that. Um, you know, how, how do you teach your kids to do that? Exercise is a really good way, but then also self-defense is a really great way too. I don't know. How do you, how do you kind of uh, instill that concept into your kids of, um, you know, being more uncomfortable and getting comfortable with that?
1: It's one of those things where you bring them out to do things where it's cold, you know, you're hiking, you might be raining a little bit, you, you put them in uncomfortable situations and then you mm-hmm. kind of talk them through it. Like, it's okay that you're cold. It's okay that you're hungry. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay to feel these emotions, but you got to bottle them down because there's work to be done. Mm-hmm. So do, do what you have to do, but except, you know, you might not be comfortable doing it. You still have to do it. And most of the time, once you're done doing it, you're
0: glad. You look back with a smile. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you attach that purpose to it and you actually just address the, that it feels uncomfortable, right? Because, I mean, and, you know, you just made a good point. It's like even when you make a mistake, you can feel uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And then I always remind my sons, you know, this isn't the last mistake you're ever going to make, you know, and, and I think that's important for him to hear because he realizes that because then he'll get so upset and so down on himself. And I say, no, 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 that's not the attitude that you want to have. You know, you want to look at it as, okay, good. You know, good. I, I made a mistake. Now I get to learn from that mistake and I'm going to do my best not to make it again.
1: Yeah, I mean, kids have you know? to learn to deal with failure and, and the way you're approaching it, that lets them know that failure is not the end of the world. You know, yeah. right, I made a mistake. Okay. My dad was here. He had me. We went through it. We're good to go. You know, we're that's okay. I made a mistake, but I learned from it,
0: right? And then just yeah, so you're tying it into not, you know, one not making the same mistake over and over again. Two, learning that mis- making mistakes is actually a good thing, and that's how you learn. And then three, sometimes it's uncomfortable to have that conversation, or maybe he might feel uncomfortable to have that conversation because he just made a mistake and he feels embarrassed or whatever it is. And then tying that into it's like okay, you you, you see how this feels the way that you're feeling right now, that uncomfortableness. And of course, if they say yes or no, it's like, but if they say yes, then you can tie it back. it's like, that's okay. It's okay to feel that uncomfortable. It's just try to get more comfortable with making those mistakes and not being so hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just so, you know, I have these great conversations, including with yourself uh, or yourself included with this, all, all these podcasts that I've done so far. And this is the 22nd one. And I'm just like, you know, it's amazing that we have to, think about this kind of stuff. It's amazing that we're not already so so hyper-focused because these are the things that are making an impact in not just our own lives. Because yes, we have to change ourselves if we want to see the world change. And I 100% agree with that. But these are the things that are impacting our kids and shaping the people of the future. And it's just so crazy that we're our attention is diverted to other things such as social media and things like that. And it's good. And it's good that social media is able to bring this back to a focus, but it's just so crazy to me that we already led so astray with all this stuff.
1: I, I completely agree. I I had planned to shut down the family alpha in the new year's heading into 2017 mm-hmm. or, or 2018. And the only reason I didn't is because of Ivan throne. We sat down and he he said exactly that. He's like, look, this message needs to go out there. You know, you need to spread this for the people. And since then, you know, it's really picked up and it's starting to spread even further. And people message with exactly that. They're like, look, I didn't even realize I wasn't doing it right until I came across your content. You know, you get stuck in that loop where you just like that goes back to conformity. You're doing what everybody else is doing. Right. Everybody you just step back and recognize, hey, there might be a better way to do this.
0: Right. You know, and yeah. and uh you know, like we were, you were talking about earlier, Homer Simpson and Peter Griffin, right? I mean, you threw in the Modern Family one so he wouldn't fall into this category because of the body shape, right? But Homer Simpson, look at how lazy he is and just drinking beer all the time. Peter Griffin is completely, you know, overweight. And of course, these are cartoon characters, but these aren't necessarily out of the norm for when you start to look at, you know, fathers in everyday life, yep. you know, or the majority of Americans for that matter, right? I mean, we're, we're not doing better. And we have more personal trainers. We have more supplement companies, more vitamin companies than ever before in history. And we're not getting any healthier. You know, so there's got to be a tipping point at some point. And and this kind of message, like you said, maybe people hearing this, they're going to just click. And it's just going to make that shift. Um, Now, you have a tool, though, that can help with all this, right? I mean, you have a book called 31 Days to Masculinity. So I definitely want to touch upon that and talk about that real quick because this could be a very useful tool to help people stay accountable. So tell people a little bit about the 31 Days to Masculinity book.
1: 31 Days to Masculinity is, I love it. It, I have this. I hope (laughs) you do. You made it. it. (laughs) It's it's one of the greatest things. Like I'm I'm totally biased, but it's incredible. (laughs) So in March, when I, I turned 30, in February of March of last year, and what I wanted to do was dedicate the next 30 days to my fellow men. So I started a campaign. I said, once a day, every day, we're going to set up a program that challenges you mentally, physically, and spiritually. And a bunch of dudes on Twitter hopped on. I, I don't know the numbers, but I'll, let's guess 75. 75 dudes were all just on Twitter. Nothing you know, more structured than that. We'd all check in together, blah, blah, blah. I'd put the videos out. We'd complete them together. It was awesome. I ended up failing that because I went on a business trip. And then I ended up doing. I failed my own program from the beginning, which is ridiculous. But it's whatever. I own it. So <laughs> after the program was done, though, I got a lot of messages from guys saying, oh, "I wish I had joined. I didn't get to do the whole thing." And then the other guys who did do the whole thing saying, "This is this worked, man. Like I'm I'm better because of this. This is a great program." I was like, "All right, how do I how do I get that to other people?" I mm-hmm. said, "Well, let's turn it to a book. You know, so each each day is a chapter. There's 31, and you go through, and it's nothing." like you've ever experienced before. It is not, a, it is, it's hard to describe. Everybody says that. This is different. This is different. No, this really is. You, you are challenged in ways that are so uncomfortable and just so terrible that they make you a better, like you have to face some of the darkest stuff you push pushed down in your life. You have to objectively assess yourself in ways that make you feel terrible. You've got to face a few facts that you might not want to deal with, but you absolutely have to, to make it through the program. And when you do, when you go through the 31 days, it doesn't get you to the finish line. That gets you to the starting point. It is not a program designed to make you a masculine man. It's a program designed to make you an authentic person. And for men, it's designed for men by a man that, you know, you you have now stripped away all the crap. You've gotten rid of all of the crap. You've developed a few habits for discipline, focus, commitment to yourself. You know, you've learned to, like, love yourself. You know, there's self-care in there. Mm-hmm. And... From there, day one comes around. Now, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go with that? Since that, you know, 2017 March, we have had multiple iterations. So we had the men of March. That's what we called the first one. Then we had gentlemen of June. We had December of discipline, uh, September of success. We hundreds of men every single time come together. You know, we do all the challenges in the same day together. This year, it's, it's two months away. So we're doing it in March. We've got over 130 dudes signed up. And I'm, once we release, you know, the signups and people can buy in, it's it's gonna break two hundred, probably go close to three, and we're all gonna go through this challenge together. We're gonna complete it together, and at the end of it, we're gonna be absolute savages being released upon the world.
0: Yeah, man, dude, hey, that's pumped. awesome. Yeah, you <laughs> <It> are. <is. laughs> you can just feel the energy go. right I'm trying
1: up. to restrain it, like so. I don't start <laughs> speeding up. But I'm like, let's go.
0: <laughs> there's gonna be a there's gonna be an outline of a hunter Drew through the wall because he's so pumped up and just <laughs> ran out the room.
1: It's at the Kool Aid, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so that's cool. It's coming up in March. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so where can people find out more about that? So we'll be releasing a,
1: an announcement on 31 days to masculinity.com. Um, Craig and I, Craig James and I, we co-founded the fraternity of excellence, which is our online tribe. And that's where it, it's generating right now. That's where all the, the content is going to be coming up. And then we'll officially announce it to the world probably in the next week or so.
0: But this isn't an in-person thing. It's an online thing, right? It's an online. This
1: is global. We have men across the entire globe. Doing the same challenges. We link up on video calls. I mean, we all, we all, there's chat sections for each day so we can all share, hey, here's where I'm at. I'm checking in. You know, I'm still with you guys. You know, and the goal, there's two goals. You want to complete it at 100%, but you also want to make yourself a man who doesn't quit. Mm-hmm. So, some guys, my goal is to always do it 100%. You know, I do every challenge, I do every daily requirement that's required, you know, all that. And then the other side is I want to make sure that I finish the program and I improve myself because of it.
0: Yep. So, there are some so- guys who, go ahead. So everything's laid out in the book then, right? Everything for like every single day is something, whatever the challenge is, like that's what you're going to do? Yes. Awesome. So give, so give somebody one example without giving away, obviously too much, but give somebody one example, like, right. like, like not the most extreme thing that's going to make people uncomfortable, but what's something that's like maybe like middle of the line. So people can kind of, kind of have a sense. And this I isn't gotta... to scare people. It's like, you know, people should embrace the challenge, right? Embrace the suck. Right. So some of these things might seem like they suck, but it's just like, why maybe it's your perception. Um, in that given moment, but it's like, okay, well, how's this going to make me a better person? Great, let's do it. Like, let's say cold showers was one, right? Because everybody fucking hates cold showers. It's so terrible. Let's, <laughs> let, let's say, let's say cold showers was one. You know, it's like, well, why do they suck? Well, it's because it's cold and I'm used to hot showers. Great. Well, wh- what could you do to make it a little bit more comfortable? Maybe you do it like right after your exercise. So this way you're already getting your body temperature up. Now it actually feels good, right? So you're still doing your challenge. You're still getting something done for yourself that's good. And you're still also getting yourself uncomfortable because, Let's just face it. It's a cold shower, but you can see the benefits of it. You can see the purpose behind it. So what's something that is like, you know, no joke.
1: So I I grabbed the book and it's behind me. I opened to a random page Mm -hmm. and the challenge of that day is you've got to face the mirror, like just strip down to your boxers. And for three minutes, you've got to just look at who you are. You've got to look yourself in the eyes. You've got to look at what the body that you've made. You've got to look at you are the result of every action you've made up to this point in your life. And you've got to accept that mm-hmm. a lot of and the, the reasoning behind this is because guys think they they're different than they are, you know, but when you, when you really get rid of it, you get rid of every distraction. You don't get to scroll on your phone. You don't get to have family near you. It's just you and you, and you've got to face the man that you created by the way that you eat, by the exercises that you did or did not do. And then you can start saying, you think you deserve more and you think you deserve all these moments of grandeur and respect. But why? If you deserve those things, why don't you have them? And a mm-hmm. lot of guys take away that they didn't work for it. They think they deserve something that they haven't worked for. And that's just that's just a day. And that there's a lot of things that go with that day, but that's one of the challenges that where guys are like, Holy shit, like I've never really assessed me. I've avoided me. I've I've worn bigger clothes or I've tried to hide myself. But when you're standing there you know, in a the mirror looking at yourself, you're like, Wow, this is this is me. This is what the world sees.
0: Wow. Dude, you know, that's not an actual easy thing. No. (laughs) To stand in front of the mirror. I mean, I even have just, uh, you know, people see if they can stand in front of the mirror and say, I love you to themselves. You know, And and that's actually very hard for some people too, because they don't really truly believe it. Right. So when we're talking Mm -hmm. about authenticity, they they can say it out loud, but it's like, do you truly believe it? And if you don't, then then you have to come to terms with that and figure out why. And now you have to go pretty deep and say, look, well, why don't I love myself? What are the things that I don't love about myself, and then embrace those things that you don't love about yourself? And then, you know, is that something you could change in the moment, or at least get started on right now? And usually, the answer is yes. Um, and you know, maybe it takes a little bit longer depending on what the situation is, but you know, obviously, there's a disconnect, a disconnect of love, you know, for yourself. So, and you know, as most people listening to this probably heard before, is like you can't give what you don't have, or you know, another way of saying it is that your cup must overflow. So you need to have that cup overflowing so you can give more to the people in your life, to your family, to your friends, to your children, to your coworkers, you know, your employees, etc. And to yourself. You you need you should be giving yourself
1: positive. You know, not everything should be avoidance. It's when you when like you said, the cup's overflowing, not only can you freely give it, but you can also you can look yourself in the mirror without having to divert your eyes.
0: Yeah. So we're talking about, we're talking about doing all this stuff to improve yourself. And some of the people are listening to this, like you said, like, hopefully it's just going to click for them. Right. But what if, have you ever come across somebody who just didn't care, who just didn't give a shit, they were okay with having the dad bod, right. Which is like, oh my God, it just makes me cringe saying that. And, um, <laughs> you know, I just talked to the owner of, of dad bod apparel a couple of weeks ago and, um great guy, but you know, he was basically told, you know, when he had kids and it kind of almost sounds like when you came home, you know, you experienced the same thing. It's like, he's just all the people around him were like, Oh, he's like, they're like strap in for your dad bod could start working on that dad bod. And he's like, no, what, yeah. what, what are you talking about? You know, like conformity right there. Right. And same thing with you, you know, he's like, you're like, no, I'm not conforming to that. You know, I'm not accepting a dad bod and I'm actually going to try to change what the dad bod actually is. So, you know, have you ever met somebody like that? It was just like, didn't care. And then, and what do you do in that case? Because, you know, obviously you want to just spill your message out on them, but then, you know, giving unsolicited advice is really, really dangerous. And also, you know, you have to have the person want it. And I tell my clients that, you know, your pain, your pain level has to be great enough and you have to figure out what you're willing to change for. And some people just don't have that. So what do you do in that kind of situation? Do you just let the person go and you're just like, okay, well, you know, hopefully, hopefully you come around to it one day or what do you do?
1: I call it planting seeds. You know, we're, we're kind of like gardeners of the mind. That's what you're doing right now. You know, the people that listen to this, you're, you're planting little seeds in their mind. It might sprout and they'll be like, oh, that, that's a great idea. It might just uh-huh. sit there buried. When I come across men like that, you know, I, I, I make myself available. I say, here's my message. Hey, here's what I've got going on. Maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try that. My ultimate goal is not to convince them in that moment as much as it is to let them know that if they hit a worse moment and they find themselves rock bottom, you know, staring into the black abyss, wondering if it's worth living, that the seed sprouts and they're like, all right, I'm not alone. There are resources out there. I'm going to go find those, you know, life isn't bad enough to where it has to end today. There are people that I can relate to and people I can talk to. So I've met men who don't care then, and I don't care. I can't convince them. It's not my job. You know, I don't have the time or energy to change everybody's mind. What I can do is make sure they know that, Hey, if, and when you do need me, here's my card. And I, I say that through the resources that I've created online, you know, that's, that's how, Hey, come find me when you're ready.
0: Yeah. No, I like that, you know, because you're right. You can't. And neither one of us, we're not here to convince anybody. We're just here to support the ones that actually do care and do want to make the difference and just need that help along the way. Um, because, you know, doing it by yourself, it's it's not fun. You know, all the times, you know, sometimes it's good to be alone and sometimes it's not. And but just to have that that tribe or that sense of belonging or those people around you that one can relate and to that can help you that's just really powerful. So that's, that's good. I like, I like what you said there. All right. So before we start getting into, I want to go over one more thing, It's probably arguably the most popular blog post that you've ever created. And you started (laughs) the alpha, the family alpha, how long ago?
1: Uh, Three years ago, October, 2015,
0: October, 2015. Okay. So would you agree that it's probably the most popular blog post you've ever made?
1: Which one?
0: Creating your slut. Uh,
1: yes, I just wanted you to say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> yeah, by by a lot. So so right off the bat, and I do actually have some female listeners. So let, let's just let's just kind of squash the uh, the main thing, right? Because most of the people that are coming to your site are probably men, right? I mean, you know, most most people that are coming across your blog are not they're like mostly you know females, but I do have some female listeners that I know of, and so you know let's kind of uh, squash the derogatoriness if if there is any, you know, perceives because, you know, obviously certain words carry certain energy with them. But you do connect so much in this blog post with women and it's actually all about connecting to the woman and listening more to her and understanding her more and then that helps you guys romantically and all that stuff, right? So I just wanted to kind of preface it with that. I really want you to dive into it. But just, you know, you create different headlines, and that's really what a headline's supposed to do, right? Grab you in and be like, you know, obviously guys reading this are like, oh, creating your slut, that's going to be great, you know. And of course, the picture that you chose on there is <laughs> very beautiful. So, um, but I just want to kind of preface that, you know, for anybody who's just like, wait, what, what the hell is this? You know, why did why did the uh, interview all of a sudden take this turn? It is actually really about getting to know your woman, is it not?
1: Then that's what I love about the post. That, that title is amazing. Creating your slut. They're like, that's such a bad thing. Anybody that ever comes at me saying it's a terrible post or it's a bad one, they didn't, haven't read it. Didn't read it. They right. never read it. They or saw they didn't the get title. past the title. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And that's what, and oh, it, it frustrates me because it's, I love it. you know, there you go. I wrote that. I there was you like, go. getting fired up again. <laughs> I can't <laughs> help it. So when you, when you look at that title, you, you have a preconceived notion as to what I'm saying, you know, but let's take a step back is with two lovers coming together Mm -hmm. you know my wife is a wife but she's also a woman and i need to recognize i can't become a complacent schlup you know because i've gotten the girl quote unquote Mm -hmm. you know I, i got my wife so now i can get fat now i can lose my hobbies now i can lose my mission now i can stop caring about how i dress at home now i can get rid of my hygiene these are all the bullet points men check and it absolutely destroys the attraction in that relationship Men and women, husbands and wives, they want to love each other. Mm-hmm. We are literally designed and complementary to fit in that yin-yang. You know, right. that's how we are. So Not to mention this,
0: testosterone. It kills testosterone too. Dude,
1: it, absolutely. And that's a huge, we could make a whole different topic on that one. Yeah. But when you come to this post, read it and recognize what it's talking about is recognizing the sexual strategy you need to employ if you want sex to come back to your marriage. If you want attraction to come back to your marriage. I treat my wife now. Like she's the girl on the playground, you know, from years ago. I would just tease her. I would still have fun with her. You know, there's a different there were some guys out there who they they if I asked them when's the last time you laughed with your wife, they could not tell you. Me, my wife and I, we are belly laughing almost daily. Because I'm teasing her, I'm playing with her, it's fun, we it's jovial, you know, it's it's on a level where we're still flirting. And we've been we've been together fifteen years and married for 10. And I flirt with this woman all the time. And Hmm. she's always teasing me. And because I've taken care of myself. And I treat her like that. She's still positively responding. She wears nice clothes for me. You know, she's very complimentary. I couldn't do all the things I do if she wasn't there helping me out. So when you look at the post, it's not degrading to women at all. It's telling men to recognize your wife is a woman and start treating her like one. You know, you create an environment where sex isn't taboo. There are some husbands out there who daily, all they can talk to, I want sex. Why won't you do this with me? I want to try that move. You know, everything's about sex. And not once do they walk up behind their girl like, grab her by the back of the neck or like, you know, touch her, like a uh, caresser and just start kind of escalating the way you would with a girl you just met. You kind of okay. like feel them out, right? You don't just dive in and say, Hey, let's make out. You say, Hey, you know, I, I like your hair. Hey, that's a nice dress. This compliments, you know, this body part. Yeah. Hey, you know, touch the arm, touch the yellow, you know, the whole thing that goes into foreplay when husbands aren't flirting with their women. And that's what the post is all about is, Hey, let's, let's break this down. Stop being lazy and saying you deserve better sex, even though you're not doing anything to get it. You know, let's look at yourself. Let's look at the environment you have. Let's look at your physique. Let's look at your game that you're playing. Let's look at the approach you're taking. You know, do you wait until the kids are in bed and you're exhausted? And you're like, all right, let's go do this. Like, it's, is it routine? You know, when's the last time you broke that routine and you went somewhere else? Yeah. Dude, yeah, I could rant on this for like another hour and a half.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, for anybody listening, you know, unless you've already, you know, if you're not already there, you know, ch- check it out the post. You just go to the Alpha Family. Family uh, Alpha. The FamilyAlpha.com. And just, you know, right on the homepage, you'll see you'll see it right there, right in the middle. You just scroll down a little bit and you'll see the icon. You won't be able to miss that. But, you know, you just start scrolling through the post. I mean, definitely read it, of course, but you just start scrolling through the post and you're talking about the physical. You're talking about the mental. You're talking about the spiritual. You're talking about your professional life. Um, You know, you have the section on here uh, called Kino, right? And so I won't won't give that away because I want people to go and read this. But it's like, you see how much work and how much time this must have taken you to write this up, Drew. I mean, it's just like, you know, this is good stuff here, and and this is you know if, if there's anybody listening to this who heard the title and got offended or has already been to the familyalpha.com and saw the title and scrolled past it, which I doubt, um, go <laughs> I go go, go read it. You know That's maybe getting yourself out of your comfort zone and opening up your mind and opening up you know yourself and changing your perspe- uh, perception and perspective. Um, of certain words, uh, because I know, again, certain words have certain energies to them and language is very, very powerful. But the thing is that, you know, he, you know, Hunter's trying to make a point with this and he's trying to, you know, obviously have an engaging title, but the information inside of there is absolutely amazing. And, uh, it's not like you just typed this up in 10 minutes and threw it out there just to, you know, have content on your website. I mean, you were really, you had a purpose behind this post and, um, so I just thought that was awesome. And I had to, I had to give this a shout out.
1: I appreciate it. I can't tell you how many emails I've had, you know, from guys saying that it brought life back to their dead bedroom, <clears throat> dead bedroom. And my response is always the same. You know, if any kid comes from this Hunter is a great
0: name. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I think, you know, kind of like what you were talking about before is like we take it for granted because like, you, like if you're treating it like, yes, I got the girl. Now she's mine. And now, It's just, you know, till death do us part. And yes, that's true. But that doesn't mean that you need to treat her any differently than the day that you met her or in the first month or two months or three months that you were dating. Right. That honeymoon phase. You know, it's not hard to keep that phase alive. Well,
1: familiarity kills attraction. You know, this woman sees you at your best. She sees you at your worst. Your wife is there when you're puking your brains out because you're sick. She also sees you when you're out there leading and, you know, kicking ass in whatever venture. She sees both. She sees everything. Mm-hmm. So for you to be somebody who's interesting, you need to have hobbies away from her. You need to have things you do on your own. You know, right now, your wife is not in the room listening to you. So you're doing something and she knows you're out doing something. So that's cool. But how is that conversation? You have something to talk to her about at the dinner table. Yeah. There are a lot of silent dinner tables, man, like where the wife isn't developing herself. The husband isn't developing himself. And they're basically apathetic to one another. They don't hate each other, but they don't love each other. They're just there. And I think your listeners, you know, if you find yourself in that situation, you're not beyond help. You just have to start working it. you got to be intentional with your time, your energy, you know, what what it is you're putting yourself towards. Life life can be great.
0: And just having dinner with your family too, right? I mean, like, without getting any big discussion of that, I mean, how important is that, right? I mean, just to actually have dinner with your family because I know there's some families out there that don't eat. And see anybody. Now, I mean, obviously, if you're working and you're doing what you need to do to put food on the table and things like that, and you're not home for dinner, you know, obviously, there's circumstances. But if there's everybody in the house and not everybody sitting down at a table at once where people are standing and eating and walking around or watching TV and not talking, I mean, come on. I mean, you even see that with families when they go out to restaurants. Obviously, everybody's sitting around a the table there, but people are on their phones. You know, they're not they're not talking at all. It's like, come on,
1: you yeah, are that, serious. I can't even imagine that. Like, and that's that's, that's a no go. We sit around every day. What are you up to?
0: Yeah. You know, it's we're not simple. we're not saying that you need to, you know, go back to school to do this, you gotta study this. The you know, we're just saying talk to, you know, talk to the person in your life. Connect with that person, you know. I mean we're more connected, quote unquote connected through social media than ever before, but we're disconnected from each other. And that's something that's gotta change. That's definitely a problem when people start creating the fake
1: identity. They're trying to be somebody they're not online because they can't in the real world.
0: It's hard. Right. Right. Like, it. like someone who's like super outgoing or something like that. And seems like a complete extrovert and other people are like, Oh my gosh, look at this person. And then you meet them in person. And they're just like, uh. or, yeah. or, <laughs> or for the first 10 minutes are like that. And then they can't keep that up because yep. they're not really being authentic. And they're, yeah. um, you know, then they're just getting burned out and drained. And then they're like, Oh, okay. This is really me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the real thing.
0: Blech. All right, Hunter. So as with every episode, we end with 10 questions for our guest. And these 10 questions were inspired by James Lipton and Bernard Pavot. Um You ready for him? I'm ready. All right. Number one, who is your hero?
1: George Washington. What excites you? Writing and speaking and leading men.
0: What turned you off? Conformity. What is your favorite sound?
1: Uh, My children laughing. What is your least favorite sound?
0: Any kid crying. Hmm. What is your favorite quote or saying?
1: Uh, It's the quote of the site. It's acta non verba, which is Latin for deeds, not words. You have to do things, not talk about them. Nice.
0: In a couple words, what should a dad be? A dad should set the standard
1: of excellence from which all things are measured. In a couple words, what should a dad not be? A dad should not try to be a friend, and he should not put societal expectations ahead of his family.
0: And when you said he shouldn't be a friend, do you mean only a friend and not a parent?
1: Right. He, you have to lead your kids. There are times where you can be buddy, you know, rub shoulders. I love my son. I love my daughter to death. You know, we hang out, but... I have to make sure, you know, I'm the authority in this relationship.
0: Right. I like that. If you could try any other profession, what would it be? A park ranger. And finally, what do you want to be remembered for? Changing lives for the better. I stole that one from George Bruno. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. I like them. Um, why a park ranger, I have to ask.
1: it's just so awesome. They get to teach people about our national historical places or be outside. I've got the beard going, so I'm already got you know rocking that. I just <laughs> I like being outside and I like people and I love our country and I want to teach them about the history of our country.
0: Nice. I like that. Uh Hunter, where can people find out more about you? Obviously we've already mentioned thefamilyalpha.com I don't know how many times. So but once again, thefamilyalpha.com. But where else can people find out more about you and connect with you and et cetera?
1: If you're looking at social media, I am on in Instagram and Twitter. It's at Hunter Drew TFA. And if you're looking for actually real-world interaction and where I spend most of my time, it's inside the Fraternity of Excellence, which is my online tribe, which is at FraternityOfExcellence.com.
0: Nice. And you have that thing coming up in March for the 31 Days of Masculinity. So congratulations on that. I wish you the best. Thank you. Um, And then anybody listening, you know, go check out Hunter. Connect with him on social media. See what he's got going on. Read that blog post. It's really, really awesome. And then all his other blog posts. I mean, he's got – what do you do? One a week, it looks like? Uh, A lot. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. You know, so he's got a lot of great content on there. Obviously, it's been up for a number of years. Um, So – Hunter, thank you so much for coming on the Warrior Dads Podcast. We really appreciate your time and all the wisdom that you shared and all the pointers. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads Podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a Warrior Dad.